Hi, and thank you so much for joining me for this sixth episode of the Heart Wide Open podcast. This episode is very near and dear to my heart because it is me sharing my birth story of our beautiful birdie sky. Um, This is part one of the birth story because when I recorded it, it was quite long. It was about two hours long, so I've split it into two parts. And that's because this part, it's actually um, not just about the birth. It's about that leading up to when we got pregnant and um, all about my first, second, and third trimesters. Um, But one thing I wanted to mention is there is some sensitive uh, topic in this episode, which is when I discuss my miscarriage, I lost my first pregnancy before we got pregnant with Birdie Sky. And so I do go into some detail about my miscarriage and also talking a bit about how um, I dealt with pregnancy after loss. And if that's a sensitive topic for you, then maybe this might not be the one that you want to listen to, Um, but I just wanted to make sure that I put that out there before anyone listens. I thank you so much for joining me for this extra special episode. Welcome to Heart Wide Open Podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Beth Hubbard. In this podcast, we will explore all things joy and sorrow, ups and downs, and living with our hearts wide open in this beautiful experience we call life. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to diving in deeper with you. Hi, everybody. I'm Chrissy Beth, and this is Birdie Sky. And as you can see, she's pretty excited about this um, video that we're making today, which is all actually about how Birdie Sky um, came to be Earthside with us and um, basically the journey and the process of all of that leading up to her birth. And so this is more. Um, my birth story, Uh, but I thought I would go back a little bit before that to just talk about how that all happened (laughs) and um, leading up to it and all the adventures um, happening up until then. And there's been a lot of things um, that have led up to this little one coming here to be with us. Um, So we are (laughs) filming here live in our bedroom. My husband, Craig, and I, this is our bedroom. This is basically where um, Birdie and I spend quite a few of our our minutes and hours <laughs> and moments in um, this beginning time. Birdie is just over three weeks old now, so we are still integrating, um, still getting familiar with each other and, um, you know, the breastfeeding journey and all those things that happen at the beginning that are, um, need a lot of time and space. So this is where we do a lot of that. And this is our little sanctuary and, um, yeah, a really, really beautiful place that we get to spend time. You can't see it, but there's a lovely, um, there's lovely doors that lead out to, um, where we live on the farm and you can see the trees. And so we have a nice nature view. Um, so Birdie, yeah, she was, she arrived just over three weeks ago, and um, and where I um, where we live is in Australia. So we're on the Sunshine Coast of Australia near Noosa, and we have a farm called Shambhala Farm, and we have a yoga shala. 
um, Shambhala Yogashala. And so before Birdie arrived, um, my partner, Craig and I, we met on a retreat, a yoga retreat in Bali a few years ago. And that was a beautiful thing that happened. Um, before I met him, I was living in Brisbane here in Australia. I'm actually originally from America. And um, yeah, I did some yoga training in um, in the States and was really um, getting into my journey with yoga and my path there for many, many years. That was over 10 years ago. <laughs> and um, so when when Craig and I met, I I was... Um, a single lady. I had been in a couple of different relationships um, and I had been single for a little while, for quite a while actually, and was teaching yoga full time and loving it and just really independent. I had this beautiful little apartment in Brisbane and um, I wasn't um, wasn't thinking about having kids at that time. I mean, I think I, ha- I, had, I had thought about that before when I'd been in more serious relationships, but that just hadn't eventuated um, for multiple reasons. And, um, yeah, so, so when Craig and I met and I just wasn't in that place of thinking I would meet someone again or be in another serious relationship, it was really beautiful. And he was, um, yeah, definitely the love of my life that I'd, um, learned all my lessons (laughs) to prepare for this beautiful love, um, blossoming and relationships. So yeah, we, we pretty much, um, fell in love there and our, our, our retreat and our training and ended up traveling together. And he quickly invited me when we got back to Australia to come and, and stay with him and live with him here on the farm. Um, Craig has two kids from his previous relationship, Kaya and Isaiah. And um, it wasn't too long before I got to meet them as well and his mom and, and um, start to uh, make my way into this life and, um, here on the farm, very different than when I was living in the city and my independent life teaching yoga, but it was, um, beautiful. I was ready for, um, ready for a change, especially after meeting such a beautiful man, beautiful partner. Um, you know, this, the love that I've always, always knew was out there for me. And, um, and I didn't think even at the time we did have conversations about children at the beginning. I remember Craig asking me some pretty serious questions when we were on our Bali retreat and one of them was about kids and, and that I didn't have kids and that it was something I had thought that, um, I thought that maybe I would get that opportunity or would like to have the opportunity. But, and this was, let's see, um, I'm currently 41 and so, um, I always knew when I was younger, I think I always knew that I wouldn't be one of those like young mums like you know <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be starting in my 20s and I didn't even make it in my 30s to be a mom and um and I'm ha- I'm very happy with the way that it's rolled out for me I- I've never been set I actually didn't know if I would have kids or um especially when I was in some serious relationships and I, I thought maybe we would have kids and then I didn't um that never eventuated. And I did remember feeling at a point that maybe that just wasn't meant to be for me. And this life, I didn't, wouldn't have that chance. And, um, I remember feeling quite a sadness about that and wondering, you know, why, why I'd gone down that path. And, but then I was so happy and so in love with Craig. And I knew that we were creating such beautiful things because we have our beautiful yoga shala and, um, so I got to start teaching yoga up here and, um, 
very much always about exploring the heart, opening the heart. And that was always my passion as I got deeper into my yoga practice and meditation and just really learning more about myself. So um, I knew that if we didn't create a life, a child, that we were going to create lots of other beautiful things because we were already on that path and doing that. Um, So, yeah, we were together, got married um, here in our yoga shala on the farm. I um, was happy, was teaching some yoga and we did a retreat and that was our first thing that we did in the shala. Um, and we were doing lots of other things here on the farm and and just kind of getting to know each other as a family, integrating with my stepkids and um, all those things that you do as you come together and, and you know, for blended families, that takes time. Um, but then, the, yeah, then the question came up about having kids and then I started to go visit a naturopath Um uh, in Noosa and this was when I was 40 and I knew that you know there's a lot of talk out there about trying to have kids when you were older um, mature age mama and um, but I was really I really felt like it was it was something that I wanted to try for at least like I knew I would I felt I would regret if I didn't try so especially with such a beautiful soul like Craig I just felt like we could um to be able to create life together would just be so amazing and such a beautiful gift. So we, um, yeah, so I, I went to naturopath and started taking some supplements and I started to not right away. I wasn't so good at tracking like my ovulation and things right away, but, um, yeah, I started to track that after a little while. Um, and then we fell pregnant and, um, and yeah, it, it didn't take, it wasn't, didn't take us too long. I think it was, because especially when I, I think at the beginning, I wasn't probably taking it super serious. And I definitely wasn't in that mindset of like, oh my God, we have to go now. Let's go fast, go fast. Even though I knew that I was, you know, not a young spring chicken to be trying to have kids. Um, but it still didn't create this like fear or this crazy urgency in me. I just, I just felt like it was, if it was meant to happen and we were meant to have a baby that we would, you know, we need to stay open to that. And I think sometimes just having those conversations and just opening to that, you know, like me going to see the naturopath and getting supplements and maybe telling friends or family that that's something you want to do. I think that's actually the biggest thing is just like opening and talking about it. Um, so we did and um, and we were, I guess, trying for, I want to say five or six months or something like that. And, um, but I don't remember really being super like, you know, tracking everything. And like, I know a lot of when some women are trying to a baby, they're, you know, really, really like really onto it. And I don't think I was that way for a while. Um, and started to better track ovulation and use, I think I used an app on my phone to start to try and track my cycle better and things like that. So, um, anyways, we, um, we did fall pregnant and that was lovely. And, um, I think I found out pretty early on and, and, and that was, um, uh, we'd gotten married here on the farm. Um, and we were also having a wedding in America with my, uh, my family in America and friends as well, um, in California where my family lives in San Diego. And, um, so this was before that. And so it was really a beautiful, um, not a surprise, but, um, but sort of, because I, again, I don't think we were like really trying super hard and, um, and yeah, I found out pretty early on, I think 
maybe it was a week late or, or just because I'm usually really regular and I was late and I just really remember, you know, taking a test and the line was really faint. And I remember really it was almost a little bit like, oh, but it, it was definitely a line. But I remember thinking, oh, I don't know. Think this is real but <laughs> and showing craig and even he was a bit skeptical because it just looked really faint um and again this was pretty early on not very f you know sometimes it's good to wait and test a little while after you've had you know you think your cycle should have come but i didn't wait too long and then i was just really yeah i was really excited i had an app that showed you know like what's happening with the baby in the fifth week or the sixth week or whatever um i think i went to see um, uh, I, I looked around for a midwife. I told a couple of our friends. I didn't, um, I didn't tell everybody right away. I think I, I think I waited a little while, not too, not too long. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of talk around that waiting that 12 weeks and where the risk is a little bit less and, and, you know, getting through the first trimester. But I think, um, I'm really glad I told some people because the, that's our that was our first pregnancy, and we ended up finding out at our first scan. That's right. I think it was our first scan that we found out that the baby had already died and there was no heartbeat, and that was um, that was the hardest thing that ever happened to me. Um, and I think anyone that's had loss in this way is um knows how that feels and there's not really probably the words to describe it I'm glad I brought my tissues <laughs> um no good words no appropriate words to really describe that trauma and that um pain but um I I feel so grateful because um I just think there was something about that um and the baby, I think, I think we had our scan at like nine or 10 weeks. Baby, I think our bub made it to eight weeks, I reckon. I think that's what the growth showed that baby had, um, went all the way to eight weeks. And then after that, didn't, didn't keep um, the heartbeat. So, um, and then the way we were told was a bit traumatic. The lady that did the scan was really like quite cold and calculated and just didn't really have a much of a bedside manner so she wasn't really the nicest person to hear it from and I think it was just a shock you know for both of us so um without going into all of that for too long because that would take up a lot of time um it was the hardest thing ever you know, I've ever been through um it took me a long time to you know stand up again I was probably I feel like I spent lots of time just um you know, um, just wondering why, you know, that had to happen. And, and there was no, they didn't find anything. Um, just was one of those things that Bob didn't make it and wasn't meant to come through and that's okay. Now I really am appreciative of that experience for so many reasons. Um, beautiful support from friends and family. And I don't know how people do it when they haven't told anyone and then have to tell people and then go through that heartache again. So, I feel really grateful that we talked about it beforehand and then also that I had, oh, hello, that I had um, my friends and family to support us through that time because it was, it was very traumatic and I ended up having to have surgery because um, 
a DNC because um, we were actually meant to fly to America not very long after we found out about, um, you know, the missed miscarriage. Um, and, uh, and that was hard. I did try taking the pills. There are pills that you can take that um, tablets that are supposed to like basically flush everything out natu- naturally when the body's ready, but it, um, it didn't work for me. I tried taking a couple of them and it didn't work. So anyways, we ended up going in for the surgery and they cleaned me out. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just a little bit snippy. They cleaned me out, um, got everything out supposedly. And then, um, it's okay. You okay. Birdie's having a bit of a dream. You having a dream? Mama's here. So <laughs> then we, um, yeah, so that, and that takes not very long. It's only a couple hours, I think, that procedure, and then you're out of the hospital, and and then, of course, um, the thing that was pretty amazing for us, so we did have to go on a plane, that's why I ended up having the surgery, because I just, I knew that if um, if that was to happen, like, while we were on the plane, and it's a big trip to America, um, it wouldn't have been the best thing, so we, we went to, um, we decided to do that surgery, and then they found out that... Um, I think I had a, I forget why, I think I had a scan. Oh, cause I wasn't, I wasn't getting my period back. I didn't get my cycle back. So I think I had a scan to um, work out um, what was going on and if there's still something left in there in, um, from the pregnancy. And um, they found some scarring and it wasn't like super, um, you know, it wasn't like this, like terrible scarring, but it was enough scarring that they thought, okay, this would hinder you getting pregnant again, which is something that we wanted to do, try again. Um, and yeah, it was definitely something that we might have to go in and do another surgery to get it all cleared out. It's like, oh my gosh, more surgery. So it's just becoming quite a, a mission. Now it was becoming a mission. And I think one thing that I learned from that experience of the loss of our first baby is that it really set into my heart and my mind that I really did want to be a mom. Like if there was any doubt or any question, which maybe there was a little bit and maybe that's why that happened. I'm not sure. Um, if there was any doubt, then having the miscarriage and losing our first bub was very much, um, the answer of the clarity that came to say that oh, I don't, I don't have no doubt that I want to have this experience and I want to create life with Craig and have a baby. So that's definitely something that came from that. Um, and this appreciation, you know, for that experience, um, definitely changed my whole pregnancy, the next pregnancy. So, um, so anyways, the scarring, yeah, we, I was in line to, you know, get called in. I'm not, I'm not I don't have private healthcare cover. So I was basically just going through the public system and, um, they send you and they send you a letter here in Australia. They send you a letter in the mail to say, this is your appointment. You need to confirm it. And then they kept changing the appointment, canceling it, changing it. And I guess this is kind of norm for public health system. And I was getting a bit impatient, but, um, Anyway, so what happened, we did end up going to America and we had a beautiful time with my family and friends in America and we got married in beautiful San Diego and um, had a beautiful wedding and experience there. I mean, it was a really tough time because I was also still really trying to heal from that experience of losing the baby. And 
I don't know. I, I think it was a, a mixture of like such bit, bittersweetness. It was beautiful to be with family, but it was also a time when I think I just wanted to be alone as well because I, I was still mourning everything that had happened with the baby. So we, um, uh, when we got home, I I don't think either of us was even thinking about trying to have another baby because we were still waiting for this, maybe, you know, to... to um, get this other surgery to clear everything out. There was scarring and then, then possibly to try again. <laughs> and, um, and I, I think I was really feeling much more like myself at this point. We'd been home for a little while. Um, you know, just coming back to life on the farm, to the business and to teaching yoga and, um, just living our life here on the Sunshine Coast and doing what we do. Um, and I do remember feeling much more like myself. I think one morning I was teaching a Saturday morning yoga class, which I normally teach every Saturday morning. Um, and I just remember, uh, I think I remember feeling a little bit funky during that class. And I, I think I'd felt a little weird that week anyways, but for some reason, I think during that class, I remember being like, mm, like just a little nauseous and feeling just strange and, and going, okay, what's going on? And I was just thinking about it. And I'd been going to, I just started going to an, a beautiful acupuncturist, um, Miriam, uh, who's at Perigian Beach and, and to help, you know, um, get my cycles regular and to be able to try to have a baby. And, um, and I'd only just begun seeing her and I think she'd given me some Chinese herbs to help, you know, bring on my cycle and to help, you know, kind of push that forward. And I just started taking them and they're pretty full on herbs. And, and I just had this feeling the days, I remember the day before I was meant to take it and I just was like, I don't feel like I should take this. Um, and I didn't. And then the next morning I was just really not right. And I was teaching yoga and doing all the postures and going, Oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> I'm feeling so good. And I just, I think I just, I remember going back to the house. Craig was gone for some reason. He wasn't around. So it was just me in the house. And I remember getting on Google and just Googling about stuff that I was feeling as you do <laughs> go Google. And, um, and I just thought, I just remember, get, I didn't let myself think too hard. I just got in the car and I drove to the chemist and I picked up a pregnancy test and I got back in my car and I drove home and I went to the bathroom and it was such a shock. And I remember I peed on the stick and I set it down and I remember still being on the toilet and just thinking, what am I doing? Like, there's no way this can be a thing because, you know, I don't know, like I was told by a couple of doctors um, that I, yeah, that's not, not gonna, you know, we need to, we've got some things we got to sort out before we can try again anyways. And then, so the line came up really, really dark that I was pregnant and it was such a shock and I just couldn't believe it. And I was, I was just sitting there and I remember looking at the instructions and like pulling them out and looking at the instructions and going, how do I, like, did I read this right? You know, did I, did I, am I looking at these right, these lines? And, um, cause it was so dark and I'm like, maybe that's the, whatever the other line is. I forget what it's called. Um, 
anyways, and I looked at the instructions and I was like, no, this is, this is right. I, I, it's saying I'm pregnant, but then, and after the loss of the first baby, there's a long time there where I'd get, you know, I get positive pregnancy tests because, um, the pregnancy hormone was still in my system for a long time, um, which is sometimes a terrible thing about when you lose the baby, you still have all your symptoms and everything still going on in your body. So it messes with you a bit in your head. And, um, but I hadn't, I hadn't taken a pregnancy test in ages and I, I wasn't, I don't think I would have had, I'd gone back to get blood work and stuff and everything was back to normal. So it was a shock. And, um, this was only a few months. So we lost our, um, first bub just over, probably just over a year ago, um, which is the beautiful thing about little birdie coming through because it's been about a year now since losing the first pregnancy. And, um, and so that was in June. That was at the end of May that I think I had the surgery in June that it was all kind of finished. Um, and I think I took that test in September. I'm pretty sure it was August or September. And I was quite farther along. Like I wasn't like quite early. It was probably seven or eight weeks into it already <laughs> um which was the funny funny part because it was like I really was clueless I didn't have a clue but um I just remember being sitting on the toilet and just being shocked but also so excited but also so scared because as anyone who's had a, a pregnancy after loss it's probably one of the scariest things like you want to be excited but you don't want to get too excited because what if you lose this pregnancy again so those are some of the things that I really had to deal with especially the first trimester but I remember getting um when I finished and finished in the bathroom and I just Craig wasn't there and one of my best friends Fran she um <laughs> she got a call from me or multiple calls because she wasn't picking up and I was like messaging her and I'm like, Fran, I just, I'm really freaking out here. I've got to talk to you. And, and I didn't want to tell Craig right away um, because I just, I, I was, I think I was just couldn't believe it. Anyways, so I, I, poor Fran was, I think was at a cafe with someone and I was like, you know, ringing her phone, <laughs> which I don't usually do over and over again. So she calls me back and I'm like, um, I just took a pregnancy test and, and it says it's positive and I don't know what to do. And I can't believe this. And so I was like completely freaking out. And she was really beautiful. And, and she was just really excited for me and said, it's okay. It's okay. And she's like, where's Craig? And so I knew Craig was coming home soon. Um, he'd messaged me and I was like, how am I going to tell him this? So I think I ended up wrapping the pregnancy test in something. And I think, I don't know if I'd made him a smoothie or lunch or something. And I put it with his lunch and yeah, he got a bit of a shock when he opened it and <laughs> said we're pregnant. And I think he had the same reaction as me where it was like, is this real? I don't know. And it was very much about, you know, that fear of like, oh, we don't get too excited because, you know, we, we, we know what it's like to get excited and then lose the baby. And so it's a strange, it's a strange thing, pregnancy after loss. It's a tricky one because you, you want, you know that you want to get excited. You want to feel this, this excitement, um, as you deserve to feel about your pregnancy. But then you also don't, the fear is there, that vulnerability of wanting to protect yourself and protect this, um, 
experience from this heartache. So um, I think he felt that way as well. Um, and we, but I showed him and I said, look how dark this line is. It's very different than the first time my, the first pregnancy. And also I was having that bit of weird feelings in my body. Like I didn't get that at all with the first pregnancy. I didn't have nausea or anything like that. Um, maybe, maybe my breasts were tender, but that was it. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I was nauseous. And that's why I went and got this test. And, and so, um, I did go, um, and get blood work done. I think quite, I think that week after, I think I saw my naturopath as well. And I was like, uh, this is happening. And even she was surprised and, but we got the blood work done and it was very much saying you're, you're very pregnant, not very pregnant, but you're, you're well into the pregnancy which was a little bit of a relief because of the whole waiting then for that first trimester. Um, and we didn't tell people straight away. Obviously I told my friend, my friend Fran that I called. Um, I think we kept it a bit quiet, not, not, not too quiet, but just, you know, gave ourselves a week or two to kind of process that. Um, but then, yeah, we didn't, we did end up going for a scan I think we went for a pretty early scan then, um, that next week or the week after. And, um, I started seeing an obstetrician who was really lovely. Um, and she was really key for helping me get through the first trimester because she, um, allowed me to, I did end up wanting to get quite a few scans. I think that first, even into some of the second trimester, um, which started to, it started to, I started to wean myself off, but, um, we, when we had the first scan and, but, you know, birdies, we didn't find out the sex of the, of, um, the baby until she was born. But, um, we saw that there was a really good heart, um, heartbeat and strong and everything looked really good. And that was maybe at the eight, eight or nine week scan. So, and that was the same person we went to when we found out about losing the first bub. And she was shocked. She was really surprised. So was the obstetrician. They were really like, like, wow, you guys are very clever. How did you do that? Everyone was really surprised that we got pregnant. Um, because again, we were under the impression that what was happening from the surgery in my body, that it was just not viable. We weren't going to keep the pregnant, keep a pregnancy or there was possibilities that there would be complications if I did get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. So we, yeah, we were all, everyone was a bit surprised, all the doctors. <laughs> and, um, but the first scan showed everything was good, healthy. Um, it was quite a relief. And, and there was something really like that really kept me mentally strong and sane by having scans. I, I didn't last too long though. I would, I would say that first trimester was one of the most trying times um because I had a lot of anxiety which I don't usually have anxiety and um tried to put all of my you know breathing and yoga and all those things that I very much know and tried to put into practice I do feel like it was very beneficial to have all of that foundation but I still feel like it was just it was still a time that was really trying and really really intense for me I was really sick as well. I didn't feel well my first trimester. Um, lots of, yeah, I didn't throw up, but lots of nausea and exhaustion. So I was really no energy and 
you know, we weren't announcing it. We would just tell people, you know, as we wanted to friends and family and maybe some people that work here on the farm. Um, cause it was hard to hide after a while because I just was like really not well <laughs> and I wasn't able to do, you know, teach yoga as much and do any of those things I tried, but it was really, int- it was really hard to do. It was like basically faking it. Um, and then I would go in for scans every week or so. I think I, I in my mind, I thought, oh, I, I won't do that because there was some debate about that. Um, but I think me- for my mental health, it was really good that I did that. And I would definitely encourage other women who had a pregnancy after loss. And if they're really struggling in their mind, um, I think it's a healthy thing to get the scan. My obstetrician was amazing. She would just be like, if you ever really freaking out, if you're ever really you know, just doubting things or you just, you just need to have that confirmation. So just give us a call and we'll, because she would literally just put the, um, monitor on and it would be like, we were in and out in like five minutes, but it was enough for me to feel, um, like feel okay again in my mind, in my body. And to, um, I think the first trimester I, I did struggle to connect in with the baby. Um, uh, I think that was a protective mechanism that happens. Pregnancy after loss does, yeah, create a bit of a barrier around, um, protective barrier around yourself, around this whole experience. So probably the first trimester I did struggle with that. Um, but then, um, it was amazing. It was like 13 weeks and I remember feeling like, Oh, I feel like I could be normal again. And felt much better in my body. It didn't take too long after getting out of that first trimester where I started to feel like I could do more. I had more energy. I started doing more yoga. I started teaching more. Um, yeah, I just was able to, I was able to, to function a bit more as a, as a human and I wasn't nauseous anymore. So that all went away in the second trimester, which was beautiful. Um, the anxiety was still there a bit. Um, I'm super grateful to have such a caring and loving partner. He really, I was, I was, I had a lot going on there. I was a lot of this, a lot of up and down, ups and downs, um, bit of a roller coaster emotionally, um, you know, seeing sides of myself that I've, I've never seen before. And sometimes those sides were not, you know, the side that I really wanted to see, but, um, it was all just in preparation, you know, for, um, getting ready for this little one to come into our lives. Um, I think, you know, I would just do different things like different, like meditation or visualization, seeing that the baby was healthy, healthy heartbeat, that I was healthy. And just kind of, I kept practicing that throughout, um, throughout my pregnancy actually. And I, especially into the third trimester, I would really visualize what I wanted, um, for the birth and, and something, you know, just picturing what I was, was hoping for, which was powerful, I think. Um, so that, that anxiety, that, you know, that feeling of just like, oh, I'm going to lose this baby that started to slowly go away. And it wasn't my focus anymore. My, um, beautiful husband, Craig and I went to Bali. So we had a Bali trip planned before we ever thought we'd get pregnant again. And, um, yeah, we ended up just because I was feeling really good. We ended up going and um, it was really beautiful. It was such a beautiful time. It was when I first started to feel this little one move in my belly. And that was amazing. And I think that started to really turn on this connection, you know, started to feel the movement, started to 
it took me a while to get bigger, but started to get a bigger belly where you could actually see that I was pregnant. I was one of those where it was like, are you pregnant? Or are you just, <laughs> did you eat too many croissants or what's going on? Because I was, I'm a small person. So I was like, the belly didn't really pop out for a while. When we were in Bali, it started to really come out. And, and then I could feel her, feel the movement of the baby. And that was really amazing. Just little ones, but um, it was enough to really start to turn on that connection with her. And again, at the time, I just, I didn't know if it was a him or her. Um, so yeah, Bali trip was beautiful. We did some um, a ceremony to you know, welcome her, welcome her soul into into the body. Um, we did that in Bali. It was really lovely. And, um, and yeah, it was at this point now we got home and, and we had all these amazing things happening here um, at the Shala. We had some um, beautiful, lots of different events. Like the Shala was really pumping and, and lots of energy moving in through the Shala, lots of different events. And, and I was really busy. I was just like on my computer all the time, setting up events and emailing people and replying to people who wanted to do events here at the Shala. Um, still teaching. I was still teaching yoga for my friend's studio and teaching yoga here. Um, and I could feel that I wasn't going to be able to keep that for much longer and as I started to move into the third trimester I could feel that I needed to really give permission to myself and for her especially when the baby came that we needed to have more space so um it was interesting how that you know we had all these things like all this big energy moving through the farm and through the shala and um and I was feeling really good I was like I really think I did amazing during that time because it was a lot going on and, and I was holding space for those things, but also, you know, growing this being in my body. But I remember knowing, I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to keep this pace up and I don't want to, and I don't, you know, I want to, I gave myself permission to, to, you know, I talked to some friends and I talked to some other women and moms and it was really valuable to hear their input about, having that space in that time when the baby came. So at this time we thought, you know, I'd have my, my best friend Fran was going to come and maybe even stay with us. I thought my parents were coming over, um, not long after baby was born and we'd have visitors and stuff. And this was before COVID-19 had hit. And at that time, um, I was starting to say, okay, I need to slow down. I need to get someone to help with the yoga shala stuff. I can't keep doing the social media when the baby comes. I'm not going to be wanting to focus on that. Um, we were starting to renovate our bed, this bedroom and put in a new bathroom here and, you know, starting to get the nursery already and all that sort of came together mostly in the third trimester. So it's kind of like right at the end, we started to really pump everything out <laughs> and, um, yeah, her nursery was finally ready and we had our bedroom ready and bathroom. And so it was kind of like, and we bought all the things. We had a couple weekends where we went out and got all these things for her and, we were really ready. And I had this feeling I was getting Braxton Hicks like pretty early on um, in the third trimester. I got them in quite a few weeks before she was born. And I just thought, oh, she's going to come early. Like for sure, she'll come early. I'm getting lots of signs. And like, I was really, really thought she would come early. Um, I had a beautiful blessing way with um, with quite a few of my lovely um circle of women here on the Sunshine Coast, my women friends, um, my beautiful friend Janelle planned it and it was just amazing. And just, and I remember just before that, 
right around that time, I thought, oh, there's no way she'll wait too much longer. The baby's coming. And I had, um, I haven't yet mentioned it, which is terrible, but I, um, I had a beautiful, I've had a beautiful midwife, Allison from Coast Life Midwifery, and she's been, um, pivotal to make this experience so, so beautiful and so much support. Um, I, before we went to Bali, I'd, you know, it's, I'd stopped seeing the obstetrician. I think I, I only, you know, I didn't think I had another scan, maybe one more when we got back from Bali. And then after that, it was just seeing Allison and I would go visit her and she would just, um, check in, feel, feel for the baby and, you know, basically make sure everything was going okay. Um, and she's just been, yeah, I think, I think one thing that I've really taken away from this experience is that I, I feel so grateful for the support that I've had in that way. So the support of having a midwife, having this private midwife who, um, we had plans to go into the Sunshine Coast University Hospital with Allison because she has, um, I forget, she has rights to go in there and, and be our private midwife. And she, they have a really beautiful working relationship, Coast Life Midwifery and the Sunshine Coast University Hospital. Beautiful maternity ward there, um, birthing suites. And um, and, we, and we, I was, we were okay with, um, especially when COVID-19 hit and maybe just not sure how that would all f- flow for us when I actually went into labor. So it was like kind of Allison could, be here with us at the helm if we had to, um, if we were birthing at home or she could be at the hospital, um, which is where we ended up having Birdie. But um, it was just, yeah, I feel really, um, that would, that changed this whole experience. Like when I really look back and I see how it would be without um, that private support of a midwife or a doula, if that's, if you have that, um, I just think, she really orchestrated so much for us with the hospital that we wouldn't have even known about. And she's been pivotal too for my experience with breastfeeding, which is really challenging. And she's a lactation consultant. So I would highly recommend for anyone, you know, thinking about getting pregnant or if you are pregnant, and you're not sure yet. It's just, I think it changes if you're able to look into having support in this way throughout your pregnancy and we then develop this relationship, you know, they create this relationship with you. Um, and so they really know you and they really understand what your needs and desires are. And she went through my birth plan, what we wanted to do. So, but I was really open, like throughout my whole pregnancy, I guess one thing that the loss of the first baby brought was, this real openness and no expectations about how how this baby wanted to come through and to be okay with however that was, you know, however that played out. And I didn't feel attached in any way to this one, one way of like how I was going to have um, uh, my birth and labor. So, but she helped me kind of, it was good because she asked me lots of questions and they had this little form I had to fill out and, and say, um, you know, what it is that I, I hoped for. And, and it just made you think, it made me think about what the things that I wanted. Um, I did some breast feeding classes, workshops with Allison. We had to do a lot of that stuff on Zoom. I had a mom's group through the Coast Life Midwifery place. Um, we met in person a few times and then we had to meet everything on Zoom because of the virus, the COVID-19 restrictions that were happening at the time. Um, 
that was a little bit scary at that time too, to have all that happening. Um, and, and to really kind of feel a bit nervous for a week or two there, I think I got a bit nervous around like how that was going to affect the baby or the birth or, you know, just everything that kind of, there's a lot of, it was just a lot of, you know, anxiety and unknowns out in the world and the media and, um, and lucky for me, I think having Alice and having the private midwife was really, really powerful because then I, um, I was able to look to her for lots of guidance. And when I was scared, I could call her and I don't feel like I really utilized her a lot until the end. <laughs> like, I feel like I was okay all throughout the second trimester. And then it was like more towards the end with COVID-19 and, and just getting really more thinking about everything in my head about the labor and birth. Um, and then what was going to happen after when baby was here, um, that's when I really started to utilize Allison more and call her more often. Um, we did, Craig and I did a, a workshop. Um, it was like a weekend. I think it was two days or it was a whole day. It was all on Zoom and they just did a nice, um, it was really helpful. I think really informative, educational sort of workshop on birthing and the ways that he could support me. Um, I'd been reading um, a few different books. Um, oh, I can't remember what that book was. Uh, yeah, but I've been reading a few different books and I think I did look at the hypnobirthing and I was looking at different things. But I think one thing that I'm really grateful for and that I think really helped me out in throughout the process of the labor was um, my background in yoga and meditation and, and, and breath work. Um, the breathing. <laughs> I just think, I don't think I realize how important, and I was practicing yoga. I was doing some, quite a bit of, you know, classes even online with Zoom and stuff. And I think a lot of people were like, are you still okay to be doing all the things you're doing? And were surprised that I was being so, still so strong classes and active. Um, and I think even I was kind of like, well, you know, I think this, I think I should slow down soon, but I just, I was quite into the, the online classes and I was quite, I was feeling quite good about it still. But there was a point there as I got bigger and bigger that I had to really slow down. And it was like, my body just naturally went, all right, no, you just need to, you need to take a step back because pretty soon you're not going to be doing any of this. And so it's funny, it's amazing how the body knows. And then it was just naturally was, was slower. And I would do my visualizations in the morning and I, uh, I would sit and I would do my visualizations and meditation and I would just see, really picture, you know, the baby coming down, picture the, the birth and how it would happen and um, how I was hoping it would happen. So so I was having, you know, just regular visits with my midwife. Um, I was having, I was doing a lot less yoga. So I was more, a lot more space to myself. Um, Craig and I were um, mostly alone at that time because his kids weren't coming over to stay as much because of things with COVID and also just, with the baby coming soon, we were just having some quieter time. And I really valued that. Like I really, I don't think I realized how much I, I really util, used that time to just prepare. And I was really ready. I felt really, really as ready as I could. I think we had the, her nursery ready and had, you know, people bringing us food already get like getting us bringing us food that we put in the freezer. So we were all set. Um, we, you know, at that time we knew that my parents wouldn't be able to come over because of the, the, all the borders, everything was closed at that time. Excuse me. And, um, 
same with my friend Fran. So her flight, she had to, you know, they had to cancel it. And, but I think that it was all, you know, it was all happening the way it was meant to. Like maybe it was just a way of making that space for us after she was born. Um, I mean, it was sad, but, and I still get sad, but because um, there's still restrictions in place and like, I don't know when my family will be able to come um, and meet her, but um, I guess I'm just grateful for this time with her. So, um, yeah, so we're getting up to, you know, 30, 36, 37 weeks. I'm still thinking, yeah, she's coming now. She's coming now. Even my naturopaths know she's going to come soon. You'll, your baby will be here soon. You, you know, she's like, you got all the Braxton Hicks. You're small. Anyways, <laughs> so, and a lot of people were predicting it was a boy. So I had like in my mind, I didn't realize it until she was born that I didn't realized that yeah we were both think both Craig and I were like okay it's probably a boy because we had so many people telling us that it was a boy and um yeah I don't know why that was that was something that we we thought um and then um and then it got into you know um at this time and I don't remember the week exactly but we um I did get like quite a bit of swelling just all of a sudden and I hadn't been having any swelling and um and I, I think I told Alice and my midwife about it and she ended up doing a test for protein in my urine and that came back that there was actually it was quite high and that is a sign of preeclampsia and preeclampsia you know you'll you a lot of one of the other biggest signs is like high blood pressure in pregnancy and that can come on sometimes quite um late in the pregnancy and quite sudden um along with other things blurred vision headaches and um the protein in your urine so we tested it and she, she was like, but my blood pressure was always actually kind of like lower. My blood pressure was never high um, throughout the whole pregnancy when she tested it. And then it was really interesting. So towards the end of my pregnancy, right up until right before she was born, I started to get, yeah, so the protein stayed high in my urine. And even when she would message the doctors or contact the doctors, they were confused too because I didn't have any of the other symptoms and the swelling actually even went down a bit. And, um, so as we got further into the pregnancy, I basically, um, you know, she would test me. Um, and I think I ended up going to the hospital once cause I just I had tingling in my hands and things were a bit weird and, and, and I ended up coming back. Everything was fine. And that was, so I'd had this pretty easy pregnancy up until then. And then basically when, um, one, I think it was, I was 30, was that 39 weeks? 39 weeks, maybe almost 39 weeks. Um, one night I just was up with um, diarrhea and vomiting and I was really sick and I thought, oh, maybe labor starting. And it was just, but I couldn't stop vomiting. And it was like all night and into the next day. And so Craig is like, we should call the midwife, we should call Allison. And I was just like, no, no, it's just, I'm just sick. And, and, um, it was good that he messaged her because she ended up coming to see me and my blood pressure was really quite high. And she was straight away just went, no, we gotta, we've got to get you to the hospital in case it's preeclampsia because preeclampsia can lead to some pretty dramatic things. Like, you know, you can have go into seizure, start having fits and um, can be really um, detrimental to the mom and to the baby. So we ended up going to the hospital and that was an interesting trip because 
thankful for Allison again at that time because she really arranged everything, got everything sorted for us to get there and contacted them, called all the right people. Like we wouldn't have known. Again, this is where I went. Uh, Without support, we would have been quite lost there in the system. But um, so we get there and they're monitoring me and, and everyone, you know, knows from Allison about everything that's going on. My blood pressure, well, the whole time I'm in the hospital, my blood pressure is pretty much back to normal. Um, they did blood work on me. Um, they found that there were some things like my liver function and things that were not working as optimally as they should have been. And so this was at a point where, because I was at this point where I was almost, could I could have given birth and she would be fine. You know, I was past the um, 37 weeks, I think, is when they... After that, they're like, oh, yeah, you can give birth and everything's fine. I really wanted to have natural labor. I really wanted to have a natural experience. I really wanted to birth. Um, I didn't, you know, I was hoping for no epidural and no no assistance, no interventions and no C-section. And as as naturally as I could, um, of course, being a mature aged mom um there's always that that was thrown at me like you know you should probably be induced you should probably be induced at this time you should get induced and I think it was at 39 weeks you know that I was told the age is probably early in my pregnancy I was told by the hospital they wanted me to be induced because of my age and complications and blah 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 and I really didn't want to be induced I really wanted to have this all happen quite naturally And to trust my body because up until then it had been pretty amazing. Like just really more of an easier pregnancy. So long story short, this thing with the blood pressure and the threat of preeclampsia, they, the doctors were very keen to induce me that same night. Now this is on the back of me having been up all night, vomiting, diarrhea, no sleep, exhausted, not strong in my body or mind, mind at all. And I was like, and now they want to induce me and I'm going to what give birth now. And it wasn't, I wasn't high enough risk for them to, you know, really be able to say that I had to do that. It was, it was what they highly recommended and suggested. Um, And I, it didn't, I didn't like it. It was very much felt scary, like a fearful thing, like, you know, high risk, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was so grateful to Allison because I would be calling and messaging her and she was just like, you know, they would take blood work. They would give me some feedback. They found higher protein in my urine. So that was making them even more concerned about the preeclampsia. Um, my blood pressure never went back up, um, you know, while I was there. So that was something else that they didn't, they couldn't use. But, um, and Craig and I were just really going back and forth about it. I said to him, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be induced, not under those conditions. Like, I knew I needed strength to give birth and I knew I wanted to do it in a way that I was going to be proud of later on and that I would be able to look back and go, I'm really glad that I made that decision. And I could just feel that getting induced, you know, after that night of no sleep and and getting induced just based on a couple of those things that there was just all possibilities like this, you know, for them, it's like they're going to go on to the, um, they're always going to lean into the risk the high risk. So, you know, they just, they said that you're 39 weeks. You should, you should definitely get this baby out now. Cause that's the only way that preeclampsia go, goes away is when you give birth. And, 
I'm because of my age, you know, and all the things. And I just got a lot of pressure and there was multiple doctors and nurses coming in to tell me why I should get this done. And I just was messaging with Allison and talking to Craig. And I was like, no, I want to go home. I want to go home. I don't want to do this today. I want to go home. And so we did uh, against what they, they didn't want that. But, um, of course they threatened all the bad things that could happen, but, um, I'm so glad we made the decision. So we ended up going home and, and it was so nice to go home and rest and, and eat real food and, and, um, sleep in our bed. And, and I felt much better. I mean, I didn't feel that great still the next week, but, um, I felt better for having slept and, and just being able to like make my own decisions. Cause I just felt a lot of pressure, um, from everyone in the hospital. So then when, um, to forward, pass forward through just a couple of days later, I had a few days to really think about everything. Um, Craig and I talked, I went and saw Allison again, and I, I was still feeling quite off. My blood pressure wasn't showing high yet again, but it was just, um, it was normal still. But I think I was just really not, I could feel that I wasn't quite feeling right in my body. And Allison was just really honest with me and said, that's maybe a sign that, you know, there is something going on that we should not ignore. Um, and I think it was just after having a conversation with Craig about um, the risks and, 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 and also just what, what was the really, the end goal for me? Like, what did I really want out of this whole experience? And, and his reminder of, isn't it that at the end of the day, you just want to have your healthy baby in your arms? Isn't it just that you want to um, have that experience to, you know, have your, have your, oops, sorry, baby. <laughs> Poor thing. Sorry. To have your, to have your little one, you know, come, come here, whatever way that is and to be healthy. And I, and I was, I think there was a point there where I'd gotten a bit um, distracted by this, like, wanting to have this just natural labor coming on. And I've been listening to a lot of amazing stories. Australian birth stories is the podcast I was listening to. I highly recommend, um, all different kinds of births and experiences. And, um, and I think it was so, it was so empowering to listen to that because it really helped shape what I ended up, the decisions I ended up making and, um, and just to have some knowledge of things, um, from other women. I really recommend listening to people's birth stories and videos and stuff as you if you are pregnant. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was just that conversation with Craig and he just was like, you, um, you, you know, you, you seem really focused on now wanting to have this just natural labor happening, natural, you know, as much as you can. But he's like, what if, you know, cause there was this consideration that if the preeclampsia was, um, something that came on that it was, um, you know, there was a, a risk there of something happening to Bob or to me. And, and he was kind of bringing that up and, and reminding me that, you know, is that going to be worth it to, if you wait and then something else happens and, you know, and for me, it was kind of like a very quick feeling, an instant, um, rem reminder of like, oh yeah, that's right. What, what, what was it? I really wanted to, you know, what was it I really wanted to, hoped for? And that was for both um, baby and I to be healthy. And, and, and if that meant um, with some assistance, um, then that was, that was definitely okay as well. So I spoke to my midwife and, and um, we, ended, we went and ended up going back to the hospital a couple of days after that time that we were there. And they were kind of like, you need to 
get induced now and just to get checked again because we were supposed to go back the next day um, and we didn't um, and so just to get checked again and to make sure that baby was okay and baby was fine they monitor the baby's heartbeat was all good um, I was okay my blood blood work didn't come back any worse which was positive um, BP was positive and um, but I said to them, I'm open to um, being induced. Um, and and they told me different ways. And they said there was something called a balloon catheter that I could attempt to have that put in my cervix, which would um, naturally slowly expand the cervix and start the process of labor, as opposed to getting the gel with the hormones and everything. And um, I did try to, I did, Allison tried doing a stretch and sweep on me. I think this was maybe after that time in the hospital that first one and I think they tried doing one there and that didn't happen it was just was my cervix wasn't open and it wasn't ready um which was probably a sign from my body um anyways but I um I talked to I talked to Allison I talked to the doctors at the hospital when we went back and I said I'm open to being induced but I'd like to do it can we do it tomorrow can we can we be at home tonight and then We'll bring all our stuff and come back tomorrow. And they were like, they were really <laughs> quite happy. I think the doctors were happy just because I'd, I'd said I was going to move forward with a plan. And um, and it felt, um, it took a little while to get be okay with that. Because I was like, oh, I, I, for a while there I was saying I didn't want to get induced. But um, I think, so it was going to be, we were going to be 40 weeks um, officially when we went through the induction process. And um and maybe maybe she wanted to be in there for longer. I'm not sure, but um, I could just feel that that was the right decision. Thank you so much for joining me for this sixth episode of the Heart Wide Open podcast in which I share part one of my birth story. I look forward to sharing the second part of my birth story with you in which I go into um, the detail around labor and birth and bringing Birdie Sky to be with us here earthside. If you listen to this podcast and you have also experienced a pregnancy loss, early pregnancy loss, or miscarriage of any kind, there's a beautiful support network that I joined um, when I lost our first bub, and that's called Pink Elephant Support, um, and that's been really, really, really important to have um, actually a couple of different support groups to go to, so if you are interested and you just feel like you need some support or maybe any of the content that you heard today around the pregnancy lost was triggering to you, it might be a good thing to go and just check this group out. Their, um, sorry, their website is www.miscarriagesupport.org.au and again, that's Pink Elephant Support. Beautiful group. Thank you so much again for joining me. I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. enjoyed this episode of my podcast i'd be so grateful if you would share it with anyone you think might be interested any of your friends and family and also make sure you subscribe to hear more episodes